Which banged-up yet talented AFC West receiver might be a sneaky good start in Week 2? Is O.J. Howard's disappearing act likely to continue? And what can you expect from Antonio Brown on Sunday? Plus, the Week 1 fourth-place team owner in the 2019 FFPC main event, Rob Levin drops in to talk Darren Waller's big Week 1, whether Devontae Adams and the Packers will bounce back this weekend, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. You're HSFF Hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming Balky. up. Yes, go ahead. Uh, we, oh don't my have, we, we, don't have, we don't have anything to sell anybody, so this, <laughs> this, this intro is going to be like 20 seconds long. Yeah, we're don't, there, don't go to the site. Don't try and sign up for anything. There's nothing to sell you. Oh, 100% accurate, Dave. And uh, with that... Just have fun. Your weekend starts now. Hopefully you're playing already. <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is I was putting uh, the rundown together with our producer, mutual friend Rob, and I kind of realized that. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, what the hell are we going to talk about? I don't have a midnight draft that I, I want to <laughs> put on these people. I don't want to tell them that we have dynasty startups going. No, nothing's going don't on Don't go right to PH. Now. The, you know, don't the, go to Planet Hollywood. Yeah, Absolutely not. No, no, there's nothing going on there. Um, it's going to be weird. But it is going to be fun, no question. <laughs> uh, coming up on tonight's show, should you be playing a beat-up Joe Mixon in your lineups? How should you handle those Giants receivers in Week 2? And Rob Levin joins us to talk about his fourth-place main event team and the biggest challenge he faces managing it the rest of the way. Shout-out to the chat room right now. Uh, feel free to post any questions you might have in there. You can always connect with us on Twitter at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, Facebook.com, slash HSFFR if you want to chime in. And uh, talk with us. Give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVER. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Like Dave said, I have nothing that I'm pimping tonight. Um, I guess uh, one of the things we could say is a big thank you, really. Quite frankly, Dave, to so everyone who, who all of our great players, to everyone who was involved in in playing with us this year, the FFPC main event sold out at 2,400 teams. Football Guys Players Championship sold out at 8,400 teams. Uh, we had probably a record in um, best balls this year. Is that accurate to say? 
Oh, yeah, record best ball, record 35s. You know, we had that second-place 35 prize, so that yeah. really helped um, sign-ups there quite a bit. People are loving playing the 35s. It's such a, such a fun format. It's a great mock draft. Um, the live events went fantastically well. You know, Alex only screwed up a few things, which I had to fix. Chris fixed it, too. So it's, I, it's I, would, right. I, I would tell you this. If anybody screwed up anything live, it was probably me, <laughs> like, quite frankly. Yeah, you know, we had a few adjustments, but everything, you know, everything went well. And we, most importantly, we saved the deck of playing cards. But we may not need them next year, so you know, <laughs> we saved $3. Allegedly. We'll, yeah. we'll see what, how that goes. Um, how many Dynasty Leagues do we have going now? Do you know offhand? Offhand, I don't know. It's in the three, 300, 300 plus. 300? Yeah, okay. a lot of new Dynasty Leagues. Everybody was having fun with those. Uh, trades are going off all the time. Uh, you know, it's been a good start to the season. You know, there's always a few too many injuries for me. You know, and I just can't stand it. I don't like people performing poorly uh, on the day. Yeah, I don't know. But it just happens. I mean, it is how it is. Right? I'll say this about injuries. They're part of the game. I think anybody, I think our guest will tell you that as well as we have him coming up in just a minute here. Um, and I think the important thing to know is that you have to be able to draft knowing that injuries will happen. I think it's another layer of strategy. I think that the better players, uh, you know, who drafting in the contest plan for it. Uh, they allot themselves for it, and that's why they've been successful. I think injuries, unless you are in a real, real rare year, injuries are going to hit you. They're going to hit you hard. They hit everybody hard, and uh, you've got to be able to plan for it, no question. And uh, with that, let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He is a former college football player at Cornell University. Ever, ever hear of it? I've heard. No, that's an office joke. The, the Sorry, office, I, yeah. I didn't uh, I know you watch, watch all the episodes office. of your great show. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that we should bring up, not, not, a, not an office joke, but we have a fellow, uh, well, not a fellow, but an FFPC player. Who's a Cornelian? Who is a Cornelian, <laughs> a, a professor there. He didn't actually graduate from Cornell, but he teaches there. Yeah, entomology, is, it, is that his field? Yeah, bugs. Yeah, bugs. And uh, <laughs> sort of the human physiology, not human physiology, but... He does, like, chaos theory and all, yeah. that, and all that uppity cool stuff man yes. that i wish i could learn i'm about. actually surprised hudson kern reeve is not in the chat room uh right now <laughs> but uh but he's the one we're talking about yeah. so another cornell connection coming on the show tonight uh he's been playing fantasy football for over 20 years and in the ffpc for a decade he typically tries to limit his leagues to three teams between the ffpc and local league simply to maintain his sanity he prides himself on being able to spot and predict player talent and performance at the NFL level. His objective in the FFPC every year is to win his league and let the chips fall where they may after that. And right now, the chips have fallen to place his squad fourth overall in the 2019 FFPC main event after week one in the chase for $500,000. Please welcome into the program Mr. Rob Levin. Rob, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. Hey, you're welcome, guys. How you doing? We're doing great. Uh, it's exciting to have you on. Oh, yeah, you're coming through just fine. And, and I have to yeah. ask you, as, as long as we just introduced you as a former college football player, uh, what, what, what is, what's the slant here? Really, is, there, is there any advantage that you have knowing that you played college football and, and now drafting a bunch of other guys who played college football and now play at the highest level? I don't think so. I mean, I think, look, I think being around the sport helps. Um, you know, being around, but, you know, I, I don't know if there's any great advantage, you know, just, just playing football for a lot of years, though, does, does give you exposure to watching, you know, strategy, coaching strategy, um, you know, player talent. Yeah, it's helpful. So, hey, Rob, what position did you play at Cornell? I was a defensive back, cornerback. All right. Hey, Bulky, you were defensive. 
corner. That's awesome. Here's one. Th- so, so here's the thing, and, and I'll tell you this right now. I'll, I'll spoil it. I actually did a little research into, oh, yeah? into Rob's career. You know what? His college career <laughs> and my and my uh, um, high school career have in common. We both had one interception, one career interception. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's is, cool. is that accurate, Rob? <laughs> I, you know, it's been so long ago, I don't remember, but, you know, sounds close. <laughs> I think he thinks he, he might have had 20. I'm not sure if it was one. Rob, you also, according to, according to the stats I found on Cornell's website, you also returned kicks there as well. I did. I was a punt returner. I did. Yeah. So we have a special team nope. ace and a defensive no, maven no on the show. No fear. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Let's get into uh, fantasy yeah. football here, Rob, and, and, and congrats on your, your 244-point week one. That's a sick week. Part of that score was attributed Great. to Patrick Mahomes. He, he had 31 points. You drafted him at the 310 in, in your main event at a time when really the majority of high-stakes players, uh, you know, th- this time of, of drafting season, they're waiting later than ever on quarterbacks. Why were you willing to make sure you got Mahomes where you did? Well, it was weird, I'll tell you. Um, you guys probably know that, you know, you spend a lot of time uh, preparing for your drafts, uh, mock drafting. I study a lot of ADP. You know, look at, look at players that are going to be available at different slots that I'm drafting at. And I can tell you, under no preparation or no mock draft that I did was I taking Pat Mahomes in any, in any draft. Uh, so it was a total, totally unplanned thing. You plan for your draft, you have a strategy, uh, and then the draft just happens. And I think what happened is that, you know, where I was drafting from in the 10 slot, um, uh, I was expecting him to be, to be long gone. I mean, in most of the ADP that I looked at, he was, he was gone in the, you know, in the second round somewhere. So when it got when he got back to me at the end of the third round, I had already at that point I had two stud receivers on my team. I had I had Devontae Adams um, and Michael Thomas, and so I was looking for a running back really at that at that spot. And uh, you know I was looking at what was available uh, in in both that round and the next round and. You know, from what I could tell, I, I didn't think there was going to be much of a difference in the running backs that were available to, be, available to me in the fourth and fifth round versus the end of the third. And I just thought Mahomes was just too big of a value to pass up, you know, at the end of the third round based on where he was going. So it was totally unplanned, uh, but it's working so far. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing to remember too is is you're trying to get your guys, and and clearly you know whether you know while Patrick Mahomes wasn't one of quote unquote your guys this year, uh, there, there is a value there, and anytime you have the value, you have to take advantage of it. Similar to uh, the running back that uh, that you took in the fourth round, Dave. Yeah, so you grabbed Marlon Mack in the fourth. He got 25 points in week one. Um, man, I had a feeling Marlon Mack was going to go off this year. Anyway. What was well, your... it's been one week. I mean, let's not. Yeah, well, so whatever. <laughs> so what was your outlook on Marlon Mack this year? I mean, the offensive line for the Colts, everybody, you know, talks about how great they are, and they kind of proved it week one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah. Andrew Luck retiring. But, uh, you know, his backup sure looks pretty good. What do you think overall about the Colts? Yeah, I mean, I think he, look, I think 
you know, first of all, drafting drafting after you know as late as possible is always is always good. So I love to draft after the the opening game and just get as much information as possible. Now the Colts, you know, Andrew Luck went down. I think Marlon Mack was probably getting drafted pretty consistently in the, you know at least in the third round, sometimes in the second round, towards the end of the second round, but but probably in the third round pretty consistently, and he was rising up draft boards, you know, towards the beginning of the season until the, you know, the Andrew Luck, you know, bombshell came down, and so, you know, he just, he dropped um, at least a round uh, after that happened. I, I, you know, I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, I think the Colts offensive line, as you guys said, you know, one of the best, if not the best in the league. A lot of people were down on Jacoby Brissett. I was not that down on him. Um, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was a pretty serviceable, at, at a minimum, a serviceable quarterback. Um, and behind that offensive line, I thought he would be able to, you know, to, to, to do enough uh, to, to, to not have teams, you know, really, really stack the box against Marlon Mack. So, again, you know, I was, really, was kind of happy to get him, um, you know, at that point in the draft as, really probably one of the last, you know, true three-down backs um, that were on the board at that point. And, to, you know, to get a, to get a pretty true three-down back at, 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 at the fourth round in the draft, I think is, is, a, is a pretty good, you know, pretty good value. And, and I think that's that's sort of a, um, a microcosm for a lot of successful uh, high-stakes players over the years. You know, they'll they'll get the elite tight ends, they'll get the elite receivers, but the ones that are truly, you know, tr- you know that, that end up cashing the, the five- and six-figure paydays are the ones that a- are able to find not just a three-down running back in the fourth round, but sometimes a guy who can be a top-20 running back in the seventh round or a top-25 back in the eighth round. You know, th- things like that yeah. oftentimes pay off, and Marlon Mack looks like he is on his way to be paying off the former to you, Rob, no question. Rob Nevin, the fourth-place team in the uh, uh, FFPC main event uh, coming into uh, week two. Rob Levin uh, joining us tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer. Waiting on tight end certainly paid off for you uh, here, getting Darren Waller at the 10-03. I got to ask you, do you think that we're going to see more 17.5 point games from him as more. we saw week Higher. one? More more than 17.5? Yeah. yeah. Mean, it's, 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 it certainly is possible. Um, or was his output a product of the Broncos continuing to struggle to cover the tight end? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think he's a potential top five tight end. I mean, I think he's, he's a potential another, I think, Zach Ertz or, or George Kittle, a guy like that. And, and he's in a system that, you know, heavily, heavily relies on and targets the tight end. He's got the athletic ability of those guys, uh, and he's in a system that you know that utilizes his tight end a ton. I mean, he played, uh, I think it was whatever, you know, 94% of the offensive snaps. Um, I think he was out on you know a very high percentage of uh, you know pass routes that he ran when Carr was throwing. So I mean, he's he's gonna see. A, I think he's gonna see a lot of volume. I mean, I, I think he could be. Uh, you know, one of my picks of the draft. I mean, I was, you know, look, I was very nervous about the tight end situation, to be honest with you, because, you know, I, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to get one of the big, you know, one of the big three guys. Um, and I was kind of targeting the next group down to, you know, Jared Cook um, in like the, I think it was like the 
maybe the fifth or sixth round uh, was kind of like where my threshold was. And those guys went, they all went very early in our draft. Um, and so once that happened, you know, I was just waiting. And I had been watching Waller and, and you know, in preseason and, yeah, some of the hard knock stuff and all that. Um, but the guy's just an athletic freak. Uh, and, you know, again, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, in the NFL, it's, you know, you can be the greatest player in the world if you're not in the right system. Um, you may not produce, you know, that well from a, from a fantasy perspective or from a staff perspective. So he's a great example of a combination of a guy who's got unbelievable talent and is in the, is in the right situation. So I think he's got a lot of upset. I think he's going to continue to be very good. Dave, it also sounds like you think he's going to continue to be very good as well as, as we look at Darren Waller going forward. Why do you like him so much? Well, you know, there's not, there's not many targets and, you know, there's not many other players that are going to get targets. You know, Tyrell Williams is, is going to command targets. Antonio Brown is gone. Uh, the system did prove itself, as uh, Rob was saying, you know, last year with Jared Cook getting so many targets. And Jared Cook had been uh, kind of a bust heading into last year. So, uh, you know, Derek Carr likes to throw to his tight end. And Waller is a really great athlete. He used to be a wide receiver at Georgia Tech. Came to the NFL as like this big wide receiver, turned into a tight end, got over the drug issues, and he looks super clean. I mean, you look at it, you can see, you know, you look at people, you look at Darren Waller's face, and he looks, and this guy doesn't look like he's had a sip of alcohol in like, uh, you know, in like a decade. He's like totally chiseled, looks in fantastic shape. He's got no issues. Um, and he hasn't had a sip of alcohol in what, two or three years? So I don't know what it is. Actually, I mean, I don't know if it was drugs too or whatever. But I, I mean, think it was both. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he looks totally clean. Like he's really, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. So I, you know, wish him the best. I think he's in a, I do agree with you. I wish I had him in Dynasty. I really don't. Yeah, I don't have him in Dynasty at all. Rob, let me ask you this. You know, we, we, I think the three of us all like Darren Waller. I think Tyrell Williams, from a season-long standpoint, certainly holds some value. Is Hunter Renfro droppable right now? I mean, is there anybody else that, that you're willing to roster in the Oakland passing game that's not a running back or, 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 or anything of that ilk? Not really. I mean, not really. Not not on my team. I mean, you know, look. The answer <laughs> is it depends on it depends on what your team looks like. I mean, I, I, I'm fortunate, very very fortunate right now to have come out of the draft with you know just a lot of depth, um, probably everywhere except for tight end. You know, tight end's the one. You know, the one. I mean, if something happens to Waller. Uh, which, you know, you guys were talking about injuries before. Obviously, we all deal with them, and it's, it's just part of the game. You know, it happens every week. It's like the match unit every week. So, you know, if something happens to Waller, I could have some issues in that position. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the one hole I see in, in, in the roster right now. Uh, but, you know, just about everywhere else, um, it's, it's pretty deep. You know, Rob, so, one thing yeah, that we I see, and Rob, you mentioned your... Yeah, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at, too, right now. What uh, about yeah. what about uh, a couple other receivers, Dave? Well, I was going to say, uh, Rob, you know, a lot of times we have people on, and they're it's funny because they will they will say, we'll ask them about starter sick questions, and they'll be like, you know, to be honest with you, my team, my bench is so terrible. I just start the same 10 guys every week. You know, they, and they don't have a deep team, but you had Jamison Crowder who caught 14 passes. And, was it 14, yeah. Balky? Yeah, 14 passes. 14 passes yeah. on, you know, 80 targets, whatever it was. That's a Balky joke. Uh, DJ, <laughs> I, DJ, I just <laughs> realized I needed to laugh at that. That's funny. Uh, DJ Chark also had a fantastic game. Really nice catch uh, early on. A nice t- touchdown. They're both on your bench. Um, 
Who are you excited about more about? Are you going to be starting Crowder this weekend after his monster game last weekend? Yeah, I haven't. Been, I mean, I've, I've Crowder. I liked Crowder coming into the season. On he's, I have him on either two or, or all three of my teams, um, and I got him, you know, pretty very late in, in just about all the drafts that I was in. Um, I, I mean, I thought he would be kind of a target hog, um, and you know, at least week one he was that. So he is definitely a guy that um, you know is going to be cracking, you know, my lineups. Um, I don't know yet if it's going to be this week um, because, you know, again, I got a lot of, you know, this is the blessing and the curse of having a, you know, a very fortunate draft uh, is you end up, you know, scratching your head about, you know, who the heck you start, you know, each week. Uh, whereas if your team is shitty, like you said, uh, you know, you <laughs> every week, so. between, you know, him, Gallup, and uh, Tariq Cohen, to be honest with you, because uh, I'm, I'm probably only going to be able to start one of those three guys. And uh, I think right at the moment I'm, I, I got Tariq Cohen in my lineup, but it could easily be Crowder or even Gallup. We're talking with Rob Levin, the uh, 2019 FFPC main event week one fourth place team owner here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with uh, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. 244 points, Rob, in week one, and they are all scored without the services of your aforementioned second-round pick, Devontae Adams. After what we saw against the Bears uh, with the Packers on Thursday night, uh, talk a little bit about your concerns or lack thereof with not only Devontae Adams, but the Packers' offense as a whole for this season? I'm not concerned at all, uh, to be honest. Uh, I think, first of all, week one is always a scratchy, you know, offensive situation for most teams. Um, and they had to go to Chicago and play one of the best defenses, and, you know, as you guys know, in the league. So I'm really not... I'm not at all concerned. In fact, you know, I think the only reason I ended up with Devontae Adams, is, you know, at the whatever that was, I guess the third, the third pick in the second round, was because of what happened, you know, in you know, on, on opening night. I mean, Devontae Adams was consistently being taken in the middle to you know to late first round uh, in almost every draft, uh, you know, that that I was looking at. Um, so to get him at you know at that third pick um, in the in the second round, I thought was you know again a steal. Um, and I, I'm not I'm not concerned. He's got a tough matchup this week again, um, you know against Minnesota and, and Xavier Rhodes. But I still like him at home. I think they're going to have a really hard time running the ball. Uh, Green Bay will against Minnesota, so they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to go to Rodgers and, and, and throw a bunch, and I think Devontae Adams will, will be just fine. Dave, this is interesting, too, because, well, let me ask you this first. Did, did you draft Devontae Adams in any of your leagues at all this year, or no? Uh, I did not, although... Um... I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't really no? avoiding him or anything. I don't own him any. I really don't own him anywhere. But I, okay. I wasn't really totally avoiding him or anything. It's I have, just kind of by chance. I have him in a few spots, and obviously Kyle Fuller and the Bears pass rush I think had an effect on him in Week One. But as as Rob pointed out, it's Xavier Rhodes. 
in week two. Now, granted, it is still at home, and I think Green Bay and the hit. In you know, I was talking to a lot of the local Packers guys here on the air on the show, uh, which you can listen to on AM fifteen seventy, FM ninety five three ninety nine one in Oshkosh, or go to the scorewy.com, listen on the app. Um, but we talked to the Packers um, uh, beat writers and people who cover the Packers. They have said, like, look, historically, it is very difficult for Devontae Adams to have back-to-back bad games. And in the sense that even though Mike McCarthy, as much as we rip on his schemes and rip on his prehistoric take on offensive uh, performance, uh, by and large, in the history of Adams' career, since he blossomed, since he broke out, he's almost never had back-to-back bad weeks. Uh, It is very difficult for him to put out clunkers two weeks in a row because the Packers oftentimes will scheme him open the following week. And I think we're going to see that against Minnesota this week. As a Devontae Adams owner, it's going to be very, very difficult for me to sit him, uh, even though I might have weaknesses on my team. That is not one of them. Uh, As we look at uh, weaknesses on teams, Dave, and you look at Rob's team, even though it's in fourth place, maybe there's some room for improvement. Yeah, Rob, you kind of alluded to tight end being your biggest weakness. Is that uh, does that seem correct, or maybe uh, maybe defense or kicker you need to you know fix up? Oh yeah, kicker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did I did reach up and take a kicker in the 16th round. I think it was. Uh, so you know, there's a little you know, it's funny. It's a funny thing at the end of the drafts when you know almost everybody will you know sort of high stakes players will tell you you know. If you're in a 20-round draft, take your kicker in the 19th and your defense in the 20th or vice versa or whatever. Um, you know, I've actually found sometimes reaching up, in, you know, whatever, not, not in the 12th round or 13th round or 14th round, but if you get down to the 16th, 17th round, I don't think it's a horrible strategy to, to, to go out and get, you know, one of these really good kickers with big legs because, you know, these guys are kicking routinely 55, 60, you know, yard field goals in the way, and, and, and making them pretty consistently. And, and you know, the way the points work with field goals, I mean, you can get. I mean, that's almost a touchdown. You know, that's almost a touchdown. They make a 58-yard field goal, right? So, um, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a horrible strategy. Again, not to not to reach crazy for.
he could get hurt walking to the sideline at this point in his career, even though he, he was not a guy who <laughs> nah. gets hurt. But he, he's pretty old at this point. So, uh, you know, I, I figured, you know, again, great system, very good offense. Um, looks like they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. They've always thrown the ball to, to the tight end anyway. You know, Blake Jarwin could be a serviceable guy. Uh, potentially, but you know, I'll be, I'll be sort of trolling. I would say trolling the wires, you know, every week just to see, you know, to try to hit on a tight end that, you know, that, that could step up if, if, um, you know, if an injury happened or if, uh, you know, something, something happened where all of a sudden, you know, you, you could have a serviceable guy. I don't think I'm gonna get any great stud, but you know, just a serviceable, serviceable guy that could back up or something Rob Levin, our guest tonight on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Footballer, the FFPC main event fourth place team owner. That kind of leads into what I was going to ask you, you know, with this Blake Jarwin pickup, because he was your lone acquisition in this league this week, and, and knowing that you feel like you do have a weakness at tight end, is this going to be sort of a revolving door? I mean, this week could be Blake Jarwin, next week maybe it's another, you know, athletic tight end. Uh, that 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 has yeah. the opportunity on, on an elite offense. I, I think it's not necessarily maybe more so about his talent, but the potential opportunity. I think I think is it goes part and parcel with what you're trying to do with your roster is trying to balance that out. Where if a guy does indeed go down, you're looking at another player with you know top ten, top fifteen upside. Regardless, you know whether it's tight end, running back, receiver. I think that is a huge part of trying to win the FFPC main event, right? Yeah, that's what you got to look for, um, and you got to be, you know, you got to be on top of it, and you got to be constantly, you know, looking for those guys. And sometimes, you know, you may pick up those guys and, and you know, for you know, hold them for you know a few weeks, you know, uh, you know, waiting maybe to see if an injury happens or something like that, and you may, you know, may drop that guy and, and you know roll the dice with, with somebody else. Um, so, you know, I suspect. You know, again, particularly at the tight end position, um, that I will be, you know, sort of playing that a little bit of that wheel uh, for a while uh, to, 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 to try to solidify, you know, again, something bad happens with uh, Waller. So another waiver wire kind of question. Do you normally like to bid a lot of a lot of your waiver money early, Rob, or do you um... – or do you kind of be more conservative and hang it, hang on to it until the end? This is mostly for like main event type stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I think it totally depends again on your team. You know, I mean, my team this year. I mean, I think I'm going to be pretty darn conservative um, unless I just get a huge slew of you know of injuries. But you know, I don't think I'm going to be doing anything too crazy. Uh, and, and kind of stashing my money away. You know, if you have a weaker team, I think you got to be really aggressive because, you know, the season isn't that long. You know, sometimes people forget, you know, that, you know, most leagues, um, the, the regular season is a little longer than it is in, in the main event. So, you know, you're only dealing with 11 weeks. goes by quickly. Um, and if you get behind, you know, the eight ball early, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot harder to, to recover and catch up. And, you know, I mean, i got other leagues where, you know, the regular season goes, you know, 13 weeks or, or even 14 weeks. Um, so, 
you know, 11 weeks is a, is a short window. If you're, you know, if you're struggling or, or you're weak, you're, you know, my advice would be, you know, take some, you know, take some big gambles and, you know, and, and, and try to make, you know, bid aggressively and try to make some hits in the early going because otherwise you could be, you know, on the outside looking in of even making the playoffs. Rob, I, I want to uh, I want to squeeze one email in here before we la- uh, ask you our last question of the evening. And, and you've been thank you so much for your time. Jim in Cheney, Kansas, writes, "What's up, Rob? Are you starting any Jets not named Le'Veon Bell until Sam Arn? Uh, excuse me, Sam Darnold is over his mono." Thank you for the email, Jim in Cheney, Kansas. And it, it's a it's a good question. I, it's very difficult for me to see anybody sitting Le'Veon Bell based on Trevor Simeon being the quarterback, but I can also see no other Jets being started while Trevor Simeon's the quarterback. How do you fall in on this? I mean, look, they're still going to have to throw the ball to somebody. Um, Trevor Simeon, uh, you know, he's not exactly, you know, going to set the world up. In fact, it's not quote that he, his nickname is Captain Checkdown. Uh, so that could be good <laughs> for a guy like James Crowder, to be honest with you. Because uh, he's a slot, you know, you know, more of a, in the Jets offense, at least he appears to be more of a, you know, of a, of a short pass, you know, slot type receiver. Um, so I, I think he, you know, I think he could be just fine with him. In. Um, I don't know, again, as we said before, I'm sort of wavering whether or not I should start him this week or maybe, you know, see what happens. But I, I think quite possibly Crowder could be, you know, could be a very viable guy, even with Simeon. Good, good answer there. I, I'm, I'm definitely on board with that, Dave. Uh, one last question with uh, for Rob before we let him go. Hi, Rob. Uh, were you were looking for start sit question here? An early round pick you would consider benching in week two, as well as a sleeper that should be started for sure.
Um, and he's going up against the Giants uh, this week, who look, you know, pretty pitiful in the secondary. So, I mean, he's a guy if you're looking for a, you know, a spot, certainly a spot starter and a flex position or even wide receiver. I mean, I think he could put up 10 to 15 points easily um, this week in that game. That's good stuff. It's good advice, and I, I think for anybody who, you know, not, we we haven't hit the buys yet, but but as Dave alluded to at the at the top of the show, there have been some significant injuries yet, and I think that that's good advice for anybody who's been hit by the injury bug early on to to sort of keep pace and maybe make some ground up on the leaders in the FFPC main event, like Rob Levin, who sits fourth place going into week two uh, for his enslaved Herman franchise. Rob, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate you coming on, sharing your insights, uh, and, uh, and good luck to you the rest of the way, not just in the main event, but in all your leagues this year. And um, listen, I'm going to keep scouring the internet for highlight types of you at Cornell as well to, to, to try to find out how good of a D-back you actually were. Hey, guys, can I give, can I give one shout-out? I need to give some props to uh, my son, Jeremy, who's my assistant manager. Yeah. And uh, does a lot of research, um, you know, was in the draft room with me, drafting the team. Um, and our team name is actually his Xbox, uh, you know, handle. So that's where Enslaved Herman comes from. So I just want to make sure I, I put him out there as the, you know, the, the brains behind the operation. <laughs> du- awesome. Duly noted, and uh, I'm glad you got that out there, right, too. Jeremy. No question for sure. Absolutely. That's good stuff. Uh, well, good luck to you and Jeremy, Rob, uh, the rest of the season. Don't be a stranger. Hopefully we'll try. we're talking to you again soon after you cash that $500,000 grand prize. I know I'm going to be rooting for you. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Rob Levin, ladies and gentlemen, from the Enslaved Herman franchise, uh, sitting in fourth place in the FFPC main event as we head into week two. You know, it's, it's so weird. You know, we've been off essentially for almost a full month. And here we are. Oh, Te- so much fun. Technically, we, we're already into week two after what we saw in the, in the Carolina-Tampa game last night. Dave, I, you know, it's funny is um, I, uh, I joined this Thursday night basketball league. Normally, we play on Sunday nights. We play on Thursday nights now. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, I will tell you about it. We actually, we <laughs> sign up. There's, there's always two divisions in these, in these uh, basketball leagues, and we usually sign up for the rec league versus the pro league. The pro league are oftentimes uh, – um, uh, guys in their early to mid twenties. In fact, the pro league that we played, or we didn't play in the pro league. We played in the rec league this past um, summer. And one of the pro league teams was the university of Wisconsin. Oshkosh had a pro league team and they are the defending D three champs, national wow. champs. Wow. And they had a team in that league. So I'm glad we weren't playing in that league. I'd say so. So we signed up for the rec league in this new league. Well, it turns out we should have signed up for the pro league because it looks like we're going to wax everybody. Like you're going to be wrecking we, stuff. Yeah. Thursday night, we, um, we won 67 to 37 in a game. We coasted most of the way. I actually had a, uh, I can't remember the last time I scored four points in a game, but I scored four points last night. So you're getting meaningful playing time. Is that was your kind of point uh, out of 40 minutes of playing time? Yeah. I got 20, 40 minutes of game time. I got about 25. That's great. The guys were letting me go last night. Nice. Uh, and I'm a little sore today. I'm definitely paying the price for it. <laughs> so, but, but my, my, my whole point is, you know, we've been off for a month and now here we are already into week two. It's going to be, we're going to be talking about, Hey, how do you make the, the league playoffs in your main event and your football guys leagues before you know it? Because it is an 11 week season. We're going to have the bye weeks coming up soon. We're already in it. I mean, we're in the thick of it before you know it. We're, we're already in the middle of it. Don't ruin it. 
Just enjoy the uh, Just enjoy it. That yeah, is. You no, know you're right, though. It, it does go quickly, just like your kids growing up does. Nah, that's another good point. Kids, that's another good point. Did you read that article about the, not to bring everybody down, but about the, the, <laughs> the, the tech mogul, and I can't remember what his wife did for a living. It was something like that. It was about their eight-year-old that he, he had some sort of rare form of epilepsy, and he died in his sleep, and they're talking about how you need to spend more time with your kids. Oh, I never you know, I know I didn't read that. I should send that to you because it was really. Why would I want to read that depressing shit? I, you know, it's powerful stuff, and I, I think it's, it's words to live by. And while it is Look, depressing. I watched all the 9-11 tributes. I already got I, depressed I'm just, this week. I'm just telling you that, that while that it, on the outside, on the shell of it, it seems very depressing, there's actually a lot of positive I'm, stuff I'm in sure, there. So I'm sure. I should send that to you. I'll, I'll, instead of hanging out with my I, kids, I'll read that article. I'll tell you what you should read, and I posted it on my Facebook today. I'm, I'll tweet it I out. I'm not active on Facebook. I know. I'm going to tweet it out this weekend. Do you know the stress and the calories that these chess grandmasters burn? No, I could care less about Oh, that. my good, Dave. It's insane. The well, your brains use a lot of calories. It, no, but, like, medically speaking, that these guys are burning calories, their elevated heart rate and tensing of their muscles, the training that goes into this, these, these chess grandmasters, I'm talking about guys from Great Britain and Romania and Spain, these guys are playing tennis an hour a day. They're playing basketball an hour a day. They're running they 10 shape. miles an hour yeah, to, to, to make sure that they're not tiring themselves out. Because so, uh, they don't want to be a big fat ass like all the poker players. Because that's guys, what those guys all look like, and, crap. And, and they're hiring personal chefs. They're, they're, <laughs> that's they, great. They used to be playing 10 to 12 tournaments a year to keep the ranking up and everything. Now a lot of them are, have been downgraded to five to six a year so Smart. that they can, their minds can. Like Tiger Woods. And they're talking, and a lot of these people. I, why, I had, is this a show about but, fantasy? Or no, I'm, I'm going to get into fantasy in a second. Oh, I was just but, but I read these stories. These guys who play these chess tournaments, they will lose 12 to 15 pounds of weight. It, it, during the turn, and they're just sitting there. All they're doing is moving their pieces and hitting the clock. I could fix that. But for because how bring str- some you know, funyuns? No, come on. Pork rinds. Nah, but, plus, it would annoy your opponent because you have here. Throw me those. Throw, throw me those. Go, go, uh, hey, just give me a second here. All right. Don't don't spill your your thing. Ah, here we go. My O'Fallon's pumpkin beer. Oh, see? Is what I'm drinking these are, tonight. Yeah. These are chicharroni pork pork rinds. I pork mentioned. Rinds, yeah. So look, Rip, you're playing chess. Right. And this is going on. Right. You're not doing so good, right? When you're when you're when you're right thinking here. about food, you're not thinking about chess. Plus, the pork rinds totally stink up the place. The other thing too that these guys uh, do, they, they hire these personal chefs. They make sure that they're. Uh, I, I'm not doing it justice. Go on my Twitter this weekend <laughs> at Eric Balkman. I'm going to post the article and, and we'll talk about <laughs> I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to go there and like it, retweet it. it, it dude, it, it'll take you five right. minutes to read. It's fantastic. Chess, you're under Juan Wisconsin, right? Um, well, at Eric Balkman, but yes, my name is Juan Wisconsin on there. Thanks to football guys, Riddle World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Chess article. Aaron Wilson on Twitter has reported that Texans coach Bill O'Brien states wide receiver Kiki QT with an ankle is, quote, trending toward being able to play. Uh, Bill O'Brien says he's been out there at practice. I trust he, him like I trust a Chinese condom. He also said, that's the first Chinese condom reference we've had this season. He also says inactives will be interesting. There's a lot of guys playing well. Kuti has actually practiced in full all week. Now, if you look at the uh, snap count over the uh, course of the so first week here. He's going to have 12 for 120 in a touchdown. Well, okay, well, you say that, but DeAndre Hopkins, 98% of the snaps. Will Fuller, 97% of the snaps. So they're obviously the, the clear-cut one and two receivers. DeAndre Carter, 42%. Kenny Stills, 42% as the number three. Uh, Kuti, it's going to be difficult, in my opinion, Dave, to start him here uh, his first week back. Now, certainly 12 for 120 is a part of the uh, realm very, of possibility. He's a very productive player when he's out there. I am Super not, good. I, I am not comfortable starting him at all. You can name pretty much any receiver, and I'm probably playing him over QT this week. You know, if, Q, if QT, they say he's good to go and he's going to play his regular slot role, um, 
and I have some dicey players I'm thinking about. I, I might I might put him in there, but you'd have to be really scraping the bottom of the barrel already. It's only week two for God's sake. Um, let me tell you a few of the receivers I would play ahead of him. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm always. I would ready. play Adam Adam Humphreys ahead of him. I would not. I would play Traquan Smith ahead of him. I would not. I would play. Let's see who else do we got here. Those guys both suck. Trey, they, they did nothing last. Trey time. Quinn. I would play ahead of him. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. I'm not starting. Not Trey Quinn Smith, but I'm Trey not, Quinn. Not starting Trey Quinn. Uh, Trey Quan or Trey Quinn. I would play Ted Ginn ahead of him. Nope, neither. I would play DJ Chark ahead of him. Uh, may, maybe Chark. Um, okay. what's what's another good example? Oh, I'd play Danny Amendola over him. Maybe. Oh, that's for for sure. Muhammad. Yeah, you know, Amendola had a good game. I'm not playing Sanu over. Him. I would play Sanu over. Sanu him. is boring. What has he ever? What, what has he ever done? We have to. We have to. News like three. We, hi, I'm Mister Three for Thirty Six, and I still get drafted I, I by all these listen, people. Listen, I don't like Philadelphia. I don't like Philadelphia's secondary. I think their deep, their run defense is really good, which is why I think Devontae Freeman's going to have a bad week this week. But I think Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Muhammad Sanu all have big weeks. Let me ask you all something. Wait, hang on. All have big weeks. What in Austin? Well, I mean, you so know, Sanu's like the fourth man. Okay, on the listen, they're ball. not all going to put up twenty points. I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm saying just, that. Hooper's there too. He's the fourth guy. And Hooper, I like Hooper this week as yes, well. Yes, you like them all. I like them all. Not Freeman. <laughs> I don't like Freeman or Edo Smith, but I like all the pass catchers for Atlanta. Oh, you're, um, a, you're an optimist. We should put... Um, the cup is half full. Let me ask you something. Um, let's... Uh, I'm going to let you set the over-under, and we'll, we'll, we'll put a bet on this. Kiki QT, assuming he is active this week, yep. okay? He scores over blank points this week. Why don't you just give me QT against Sanu? I'll take that. QT versus Sanu? Sure, and all your other and, crappy and stars. Assuming, well, I'm not, not going to place like 30 bets on this. Traquan and you know, whoever. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Pick any, one. Any of the other dozens Pick one. throughout there. Pick one. Sanu, Sanu is at least S- fair to you. Okay, that's fine. So Sanu versus QT. All right, I got five on it. Week, week two fantasy points. I have five on Muhammad Sanu. I got five on the guy. QT. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I got five on All right. Well, the blog talk radio, always an adventure. All right. Mike Williams, let's talk about him. He uh, returned to practice today. This is according to Gilbert Manzano on Twitter. He did not practice Wednesday. He did not practice Thursday, but it looks like he is on the, the correct beaten path to suit up against Detroit after he practiced today. Now, remember, Darius Slay is probably going to be on Keenan Allen uh, the majority of the game, and Mike Williams probably should be roaming free against whoever else they try to throw him against him on that Detroit secondary. No Hunter Henry this week as well. Dave, I'm, I'm thinking Mike Williams, is, I don't like him all that much, but I think he's kind of a sneaky start this week. Yeah, I think if he plays, he did practice today. That's always, we always, as anyone who listens to the show knows, if they, if they practice Friday, they're usually in pretty good shape. Uh, I'd, have, I'd have no problem rolling Mike Williams out there. We should actually mention, um, as long as we're talking about tight ends and people that didn't practice today, um, kind of an interesting um, strategy by John Harbaugh in Baltimore. He did not practice Mark Andrews or Marquise Brown today, but he also said that he has no concerns with those guys going forward. He thinks that they're going to be out there on Sunday. You believe him? I do, actually. If he says that and uh, he thinks they're good to go, you've got to kind of trust him. I mean, we'll see what you know, the, they say, but I think they're okay. Marquise Brown, did you look at his stat line last week? Yeah, I saw his stat line. I also saw he was only on the, on the field for X number of snaps. That's what boggled my mind. So he, he caught like four for like 150 and two touchdowns on just five targets. Yeah. And he was on the field for 14 of 76 snaps. 
I mean, <laughs> 76 offensive snaps. He's out there for 14. I mean, still I, you know, that. I, you know, I normally I would rip on the coaches for this, but because they were just absolutely poleaxing the, you know, the, the, the dolphins, stupid yeah. dolphins. Yeah. yeah. He didn't need to be out there the second half, but normally I'd be like, why are you doing that? So this uh, Marquise Brown, man, this guy could be a total baller. He could be Hollywood. I mean, he Brown. looks like a baller. Antonio Brown's cousin. Yeah. Hopefully he has his head on straighter. Well, Antonio Brown did at the start of his career. I, I will say that. Um, well, you know, I, okay. Um, are we going to get an Antonio Brown here? Yeah, we're going to get an Antonio Brown in a second. I, I, I'll, I'll hold my take on that. It wouldn't that be a show without him. For a second, yeah. I, I, Kelly Thompson, by the way, was on this week's High Stakes Lowdown on Rovis, uh, which I, I know I promised would be out today. There is a snafu with my producer uh, on that. That should be out within 24 hours. So oh, thank God. With, with I've gotten the, a lot of texts and emails. With the FFPC main event leader, Kelly Thompson, uh, that, that should be out soon. So. Oh, I'll I'll tweet it out as soon so as it's available. So, so the leader of the main event goes on your other on your well, private <clears throat> on your private show. This, the this snore down, well, as Meyer calls it. Yes, <laughs> yes, as Tupac affectionately calls it, the high stakes snore down. Um, I will say this um, regarding that. Typically, what I like to do on the uh, lowdown is have former guests of the HSFF hour come on. Kelly was one, and I like to introduce new players on this show. So you're getting the fresh players, <laughs> brand new stuff. We never heard from Rob Levin anywhere before on any high stakes podcast. Yeah. You heard him here first tonight on wow. this show. I, I, it's a privilege. Now I Kelly Thompson's already been on this By show. Way, Rob was great. So don't, you know, and Kelly Thompson, he sucks. He's a terrible. I mean, well, well, listen, if he sucks, then <laughs> I don't, kidding. I don't know what the other 2,399 players behind I'm, him are. No, I'm, 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 he's a bad interview. He's a good player. No, he's not a bad interview. I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he's lovely. A lot, a lot of great stuff there from, <laughs> from him. Um, let's get into uh, Joe Mixon here, Dave, because this is uh, pretty important stuff. He is questionable for the Bengals uh, week two matchup against San Francisco, according to Jay Morrison on Twitter. Uh, Joe Mixon did not practice Wednesday. He did not practice Thursday. He did practice today. And by my understanding, it was not a limited practice. It was indeed a full practice. Uh, He has a sprained ankle, obviously not a high sprain because he is out there playing. Um, it's clear that if he does give it a go this week against the Niners, he is not going to be at 100%. I don't think he is in for a heavy workload this week as well. It seems to That's, me yeah. Occam's razor would suggest, go ahead and disagree, just let no, me sorry, make this point. Yeah, um, Occam's razor to, to me would suggest that Joe Mixon maybe handles 55% of the touches, maybe 50% of the touches, but I think we get more Giovanni Bernard here than we have been used to. Go ahead. Um, you know, what you're reading from is an opinion, and I, so you're kind of agreeing with the opinion. I don't necessarily know that that's the case. Um, if I had, let's say I had Calvin Ridley to choose, I could pick Calvin Ridley instead of Mixon. I might go that direction. Dave, I love the Falcons passing offense. I, well, week. hey, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're down with that at that point. I, so I'd probably I go Mohamed Sanu over I, Calvin Ridley, yeah. but, but if yeah. If I had a stud like Sanu to play for sure, <laughs> I would start with him. But, I mean, in all honesty, if I had a guy like Sanu as my next option, well, then I'm starting Mixon. I don't. I wouldn't downgrade him too much. I mean, if I mean for a low ankle sprain, you just tape it up and get get your ass out there and be a man. Sure. And Mixon to me seems kind of like that, even though he hit a girl. Uh, so I, I think he's. I think he'll be all right. I'd be. A, would if you? I, if I if I had an equivalent option, I would start that player. But if I had someone that, you know, if it was uh, if it was Mixon and someone you know maybe ten ten ranks lower normally, I'd, I'd probably still. Okay. Let Mixon. let let I'll let this is interesting. So, um, what about Joe Mixon or Malcolm Brown against at home against the Saints? <laughs> Excuse me, let's start uh, Mixon. Okay, Mixon or 
Let oh, me that, get the pork rind got through the I know. small of my throat. How about Mixon or a guy who might have an expanded role at home against Dallas this week, Chris Thompson? Well, you know, that's, kind of, that's an interesting one because I, I believe Chris Thompson will have a really nice game. And he has a high floor. And he has a pretty decent ceiling, too. Um, I'm not hearing an answer here. No, you're right. I'm waffling. I'm, right. I'm like a Democratic uh, debate candidate. Uh, I think I'd go with Mixon. I didn't even know there was a Democratic debate this week. That was the, the, the issue I was going to allude to earlier is we were planning on after our basketball game, we're going to, oh, we'll watch the second half of the game somewhere. But because of the weather delay, we ended up watching oh, three quarters of yeah, the game. Yeah, nice. That and was good for No, that wasn't it because I was planning on having two beers. I ended up having five. Well, that, that's your own, you know. No, I, I totally agree. demons to battle. I, it was, yeah, no question. <laughs> um, so did you say Thompson or Mixon? I'm sorry. I said uh, Mixon, Mixon, I guess. All right. but it, I really truly think it's going to be close, and I think Thompson might be a little bit safer play. If they're both active, you're playing Mixon between him and Bernard, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mixon or Shady McCoy at Oakland? Mixon. Mixon or Tariq Cohen at Denver? Uh, I like oh, Cohen. Cohen's a good start always. Um, let me find a good – oh, Mixon or Adrian Peterson, who the starting running back for the Redskins at home against the Cowboys. I'll take Mixon. I mean, you can't trust Peterson to catch many passes, but I don't mind Peterson overall as a start and as a pickup. Let me find one more here, and I think you're going to go with the other guy. Uh, Mixon or Matt Breida at Cincinnati? I would take Breida as a starter. Okay, yeah, I, th- I think so too. All right, moving on here. Let's get into – I made this joke on the high-stakes lowdown this week. It is a fantasy football podcast. We are contractually obligated to talk Antonio Brown, which is where we are going to fulfill. I feel like, you know, if this was my local radio show, we'd be marking on the log where we're making, where we're making sure we're making a live mention of, of yeah. the sponsor right now. Yeah, this, uh, you know, Antonio Brown segment is brought to you by Neesmith Southside Market. Neesmith Southside Market, which, yeah, by yeah. the way, we're going to be broadcasting live <laughs> from Neesmith Southside Market for three straight hours this Thursday. Our normal show goes from two to three. We're doing two to four this week. And then That's it's two the, hours. And, but three. right, but the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show comes on from four to five. There's not time for us to get back to the studio. So we're doing a bonus three uh, extra hour at Nema Southside this week. Central Waters Brewing, one of the best breweries in Wisconsin. They're going to be offering tasting uh, for, for all their brews this year. Cypress Wines is going to be there. Really? Doug, you know what? Remind me about that on Thursday. I'm going to come down and hang out with you guys. Doug Doby. Will you get pissed if I come down? No, we want you to come down. Doug Doby is going to be barbecuing. We'll get Aaron and Bryce and uh, maybe even get Rob down there. Right, absolutely. Uh, Stir Fry, who is what we call him on the air. That's Aaron, Stir Fry. And then his <laughs> father, Kurt Fry. We, we, the, those, that's how we refer to him. And then best friend, Bryce. And mutual friend and producer Rob. What's uh, my name again? Uh, you were the Dizzle. Oh, Dizzle, yeah. Yeah, so so that, that that's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe uh, I can meet Thursday. some of your uh, your listeners and say and they can meet they, the Dizzle in person. They will show so up. That'll be like a big deal. Absolutely, I I would think that <laughs> Fudge will be there, Kramer will be there, um, and uh, Kevin will be there as well. That sounds so, like fun. Yeah, it'll it'll be a blast. I, uh, plus, I need to get some like you know fish and meat and stuff. They have fresh fish there. Yeah, every, every I always wanted to week. go there. I haven't, uh, haven't it's, a, it's a great, great place. In fact, the, the uh, O'Fallon's pumpkin beer I'm drinking right now is from Neiman Southside Market. Nice. Uh, right here. A lot, a lot of leaves on it. This is, this is part of their pick six. You can pick six of uh, whatever brews they have on hand. These O'Fallon stuff are really fantastic. Drink beer, but I'm, you know, You'd love it. <laughs> Patriots, co- <laughs> Patriots coach Bill Belichick. I don't drink beer. Oh, you'd love it. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, uh, Tupacker wants to know, can I drink free beer and wine for all three hours? Technically, you can have samples for three hours for free. Fire, I let's meet down there. I'll I would. I don't 20, know. 201. Yeah, I don't know if I, I would be uh, pounding. 
But 201, and you're either you or Uber are driving me home. Right. 1121 South of Niner Street. All right. <laughs> Patriots coach Bill Belichick said Antonio Brown, quote, has a long way to go in learning the team's offense. This is according to Nora Princiati on Twitter. Uh, somebody, one of the reporters, beat reporters, asked if Antonio Brown would say would play a Sunday against Miami, and I'm going to do this in my best Bill Belichick voice. We'll do what's best for the team. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Belichick said that Brown has worked hard. I believe he also said, well, we're not going to give away the game plan here in the press conference. <laughs> um, but uh, he said that Brown's worked hard since he joined New England. I, I saw the, the Instagram video of Antonio Brown working at the TB12 facility. So certainly Tom Brady has embraced him. Um, and it looks like as far as the uh, sexual assault allegations, uh, the NFL is steering clear of that right now. It looks like uh, he is going to be active uh, on week two. Um, where, do you, where does Antonio Brown fall in for you, Dave? If you own him, are you starting him as a flex? Are you a little bit nervous about playing him this week, or are you rolling him out there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not starting him. Do you own Antonio Brown anywhere this year, Dynasty included? I don't own him in Dynasty. I don't own him in redraft, I don't think. I think I avoided him everywhere pretty much. Why are you not playing him this week if you, well, if if you I, were to own if him? If I had him, yeah, I mean – First of all, the Patriots are very unpredictable. Even like Josh Gordon, I don't feel comfortable starting Josh Gordon. He's a freaking starting receiver, right? Scored a touchdown last week. Exactly. I mean, I feel comfortable starting Edelman on the passing game. I feel pretty comfortable starting James White. That's it. I mean, I don't feel comfortable starting Sony Michelle, actually. Either. Oh, I love Michelle this week. Let's make a wager on this. Sure. I'll take James White over Michelle. Okay. Uh, I'll do that. I will take Michelle over White for how about $5? <laughs> For good, FFPC good. points this week. Good. Sure. I got five on it. I'll take it. I got five on it. Perfect. Yeah, it's, you know, you might be right. It's a good bounce back week. I Michelle. love Michelle. I think he's going to be great this week. Sure. He was terrible last week. He might be terrible again this week. Yeah, and, and I think that's the fallacy with a lot. Not, you know, we love, listen, all of our sponsors that, that put out great FFPC content, we love them. But I think a lot of times they are slow to um, adjust for people who are coming off bad weeks. In same way with Dynasty. Okay. So are you saying? Here's, but, what, I'm, here's what I'm saying. So, but you're kind of making my case. Go ahead. So you're saying they're slow to adjust when it comes off a bad week. Like they should be reducing those numbers to even worse than that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that they're penalizing too much for week one. I'm sorry so if I mis, misspoke. No, that's okay. I got you. So they're, they overreact more or less. Right. And, right. And, I, and But okay. But for Dynasty rankings, I, I think a lot of our partners, and I think you would agree with me on this, are slow to adjust the new normal. For dynasty ranking, yeah, those as well. guys are just lazy. Well, I don't. No, I would never say that. I just think that they. They're tend- not our partners. They're other companies. I'm yes. saying, like, you know, yes. some of these trade calculators. I guess that was my little rant. These trade calculators that you look at. When I could probably put Andrew Luck in for like Carson Wentz, I'd be like, oh, that's even. That's even. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with yeah, you. Thanks that. a lot. Yeah. You tons of. And like, they're busy. I get it. It's it's it is well, what it, it is. is. Premium product. But anyway. Dave, it is what it is, and it's not what it's not. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right, so anyway, the point you were making, or whatever, is that... Talking about Antonio Brown, why, why you don't feel comfortable about starting well, any you, Patriots not named Julian Edelman and James White. All right, week. the head coach of the most successful franchise in NFL history, Belichick, is saying he has a long ways to go. That to me means he's not going to get... That means that he may not play at all. He may get a little bit of playing time. He may get a ton of playing time. I don't know. But there, the whole litany, of the, the downside is massive. I mean, so why would you start... 
a player who could be awful. Right. And and um, listen, or, I, or not even I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you here, but the, the, the reason people would would be the immense talent that Antonio Brown has over Julian Edelman, over all the other pass catchers. And but, you can but make this the, is the Patriots. It is not the same as any other crappy garbage NFL team. It is the Patriots. They will do, like he said, what is best for the team, which means that Brown could spend the entire Sunday, he could be active, and Sunday, the whole Sunday, and play zero snaps. Jacoby Myers could go out there and get a few snaps and get some catches. And, and, uh, and Belichick, at the end of the game, would be like, why didn't you play Antonio Brown? Oh, uh, he wasn't quite ready yet. He'll probably be, he'll probably be ready next time. All right. And that's totally what he would say. All right. And, hey, congratulations. And plus, they're a 20-point favorite or whatever the hell it is against the Dolphins. 18 and a half. Yeah, so it's like, you know, Brady, I, you know, DraftSharks.com, sneak, you know, surprise, they ranked Brady number two this week, which right. is great. But if, if, if uh, Michelle has a rushing touchdown or James White has a rushing touchdown and they're up like, 20 to nothing in the first half and Brady has no touchdowns. Holy crap. I'm scared. I'm very scared because Brady might have zero to one touchdowns let, in the game. Let, this is interesting to explore. If you were to do quarterback rankings this week, is Brady in your top 10? No, he, he is. He really is. Okay, is he in I, your top five? He's up there. I, I don't know about top five. I'd have to look at it, but he's in that neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. Because I put him behind Mahomes and Watson. That's it. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, because he, generally speaking, it's a bad defense. He will probably throw, and he'll be throwing into the fourth quarter probably. But if his first few touchdowns aren't passing and they're crushing him, um, it's not, he's not going to go all Kirk Cousins or anything like that. But, I mean, he might have a game where he throws for 190 yards and one touchdown and uh, doesn't need to do much else. And, right. you know, that's it. Whatever. What does he care? Okay. He'll have sex with a supermodel wife, and he you know, made you know, $6 million or whatever he made, and he's happy. Everybody's happy. Did you watch him in the postgame after he blasted the Steelers by four touchdowns or whatever? No, I didn't see that. I, I just – he doesn't – He lives a magical life. He does. He? That is the best way I – he was smiling the whole time. He looked younger than me, yeah. and, I, and I think he's probably – He probably had avocado years toast young. probably after, after the game. Yeah, and, and some avocado ice cream, <laughs> some, uh, some pinto bean tort. Um, some, uh, he probably enjoyed some, um, some, uh, uh, spaghetti squash, um, uh, Sunday, something yeah. like that, you know, yeah, he mainlined a bunch of meth after, uh, yeah, no question. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's not what it's not. All right. Let's get that's, into That's why it's so thin. Let's, let's get into some emails here, Dave, before we, uh, wow, we were really up against it. I'm sorry for, for taking so much time. You know, right. no one cares if they're still listening. Lee in city of commerce, California with golden Tate and now Sterling Shepard out for the giants this weekend. Is there any fantasy value in starting Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, or any other wideouts for the G men? Thanks guys. That is Lee in city of commerce, California. Probably. Which one? I, I have no idea. Well, okay, so you're not playing any of them if you don't have any idea. Not only am I not playing them, I don't have them rostered. I mean, come on. But that's my point. Is like, and now, granted, the FFPC waivers have already passed. Probably, but you're one talking of them about do all right. I mean, who knows? You're, you're, Someone so, has to do all right, right? Someone has to get Mike. Them. Okay, so Mike Ingram's going to go off. Right? My contention would be Barkley and Ingram. I, and I'm staying away from these receivers, and I'm not playing any of them. Yeah, you know, I, Aladdin Wright might actually have a game if you were dire. But he I mean, had a nice catches. Did you see that nice catch he had on the sideline yeah, and against like Dallas? A, yeah, he's like a super post type sleeper. Uh, super, super post. Like Ten years or what? Four yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. He might be. He might be okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Cecil Lammy, uh, who has covered the Broncos from FootballGuys.com. Hey, Cecil Lammy ever like Cody Latimer? I have a Cecil Lammy story I'm going to share here. He said Peyton Manning broke him. That's why Latimer never turned broke, it on. Broke Lammy? Broke no, broke Latimer because <laughs> he was oh he was constantly undressing him in practice, riding him hard, and and Latimer just didn't respond to, to that type of of you know berating or whatever. Some guys do, some guys don't. That didn't work for Latimer. Um, that's, that's Lammy's contention. Uh, I will say this as, as much as, as I've said about Cecil Lammy on these airwaves, 
over the last very very complimentary I decade believe. plus or whatever. Um, I, I listen to the football guys week previews. They have uh, a week, uh, two two separate week previews every podcast, and they do separate music to introduce it each one. And one of them, now you're not going to enjoy this, but it's a uh, folk singer Daniel Johnston um, was is one of my favorite artists, and he used one of Daniel Johnston's songs to introduce the 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 show. And I tweet at Lammy. Introducing Daniel or using Daniel Johnson as your intro music for the uh, week two preview. Nice pull, man. Cecil Lammy likes that tweet from me. Nice. Yes. So I and and by the way, Chuck uh, Chuck Gresham uh, from the Fake Football Fame also liked the tweet. So apparently, there's a lot of Daniel Johnson fans among the. the never, never heard who you're. Oh, uh, he's good. You wouldn't like him, but but he is good. Uh, all right, let's move on. Tommy and Mansfield, Mass. One question. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, um, busting out some chicharrones there. Uh, queen to to, to to rook seven. Don't forget to hit the timer, Mr. Grandmaster Dave. I, think I don't know what rook seven. That's that's totally wrong. I have no idea. It could be right. One question. What in the expletive is going on with O.J. Howard? That's Tommy and Mansfield, Mass. Yeah, Arians doesn't throw to tight ends. Next. Uh, is that what? Is that all it is? Literally, because I think I this, Arians. Did you hear what Arians said? I did not. He said, uh, oh, he said he needs to work harder. Yeah, he? he said someone asked him about O.J. Howard. He says, yeah, he needs to play better or something like that and work harder. Yeah. Yeah. So, effectively, Arians thinks that Howard's not doing that good. Um, would you be playing O.J. Howard next week? I hope not. No, I would, okay. I would bench him until Because this notice. is the guy that, that was like the fourth or fifth tight end off the board. Now we're talking about benching. I mean, if I'm, too, if, I'm, if I'm looking at him or Jason Witten, I'm starting Howard, and I'm hoping that they're, you know, it's one of those things where the squeaky wheel gets to grease, it gets to, you know, gets to grease a little bit, and and then maybe that he actually gets some targets. Hopefully he does. I'm nervous about him, and you know this is a guy that that you know I spent the whole off season talking about don't draft him, don't draft him. I bet I drafted him in five leagues this year, which is really frustrating to me because I missed out on those elite tight ends. I'm like, oh, I might as well grab Howard here when I should have, and I only grabbed Evan Engram in one league, and he looks like the money tight end right now, the guy that you really want. Um, they play each other next week. O.J. Howard is hosting Evan Engram next yeah. week. That might be a get-right game for O.J. Howard. Uh, we'll see about that. If he doesn't do it next week, dude, I mean, he's in cut territory. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. The, that's, even even Brave's getting targets. Brave has, I know. That's the thing. It's just like, what in the hell is going on here? You know, play better, get open. All right. Maybe he's a new ASJ. You know, Howard never really I, – I, we did talk about this in this preseason, and we talked about O.J. Howard, and I said, you know – for someone so hyped up, he didn't really do all that much last year. He wasn't all that great. No, he wasn't. So I, I, I thought that, you know, unfortunately we did talk about Ingram and Henry, and we, we liked Henry, but Henry, of course, is a injury-prone, you know, he, he attracts uh, injuries like Sigourney Weaver attracts aliens. Uh, it's, it's, it's just it's really, really frustrating. I, now, I did not draft Hunter Henry anywhere, but it is frustrating to see. What do you think they're going to do there? Is Antonio Gates on speed dial? For the for the uh, for the Chargers, I think if he was, they would have got picked him up already. I think Virgil Green's the player who's going to okay. step up, step right. in, and he might do all right. He really might, actually. I I picked him up in one league where I had Hunter Henry as a dynasty player in uh, in Pirate Swag, but then I dropped him for uh, Vernon Davis. Okay. Uh, hey, Balky and Dave, are you giving Corey Davis another shot this week, or am I better off flying out Miles Davis and actually Miles Davis, Miles Sanders instead? Flying out must be. I don't know what that is. So glad the HSFFR is back. That's Stephen Charleston, South Carolina. Who would you be playing this week, Dave? Corey Davis or Miles Sanders? You know, when a player puts up a zero, and, and Corey Davis is still not a proven player, I mean, you know, he's still trying to – he kind of broke out last year. I would probably look at Miles Sanders, I guess. I hate to say it. 
Corey, it might be an overreaction. Corey, way, Miami Vice is up. Nice. <laughs> Corey Davis is at home against the Colts uh, this week. Miles Sanders is at Atlanta. So you're rolling with Sanders? Yeah, that should be a high-scoring game. Sanders will get some action, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Do you want to take a guess? I know what the total is on that game because I was talking about it. On the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show, nice. which you can hear in the score locally at 95.3. Uh, 52 and a half. That's close. Yeah. Um, Dear Shady and the Freak, who is my RB2 this week? McCoy at the Raiders or Cohen in Denver? Thank you Cohen. for the email, Dan in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Really? Shady McCoy could be starting against Oakland. Again, one of the best offenses in the, in the league, and you're playing he, he Cohen. Took, he took Damian Williams' job? I'm saying he could be starting. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? Fine, Eugene, five, I got five on Cohen. Well, I don't, I don't uh, quite frankly, I don't feel. Has nothing to do with me <laughs> second-guessing myself. This has everything to do with you being so sure about Cohen here. Because well, I think this is more of a coin flip. Uh, well, then bet it. I'm not going to bet it because I'm not going to bet a coin flip. But you're so sure in Cohen. Yeah. Well, okay, t- t- talk to me a little Cohen bit. Was super, okay, Cohen was super yeah. involved against the Packers. They only scored three points. But he had a ton of targets. He was in there all the time. They were looking to him as really one of the primary receivers on the team. Now, McCoy, you know, they paid him a lot of money. But Damian Williams is still I – mean, granted, McCoy was still kind of getting into the swing of things. But he knows the Andy Reid offense pretty well. But they still did lean to Damian Williams first, and I think that he's definitely the starter. And McCoy looks solid. McCoy is still a quality caliber NFL back, but I, 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 why would I start a backup over a, a PPR guy that I know has a high, I think a 10-point floor? I can't do that. You know what's funny is it's like Damian Williams was, is up to bat in baseball. Strike one was them signing LaShawn McCoy. Strike two was LaShawn McCoy not looking like a corpse out on the field. Strike three could be any kind of injury to Damian Williams or any kind of like big performance by like Sean McCoy and his values on the tank. You're totally right. Cause I mean, it's on its way to the tank right now. I don't necessarily agree with you. How do you say I'm totally right? And then you don't necessarily totally agree with Cause me. I don't think that Damian Williams is going to get hurt. And then what was your other dumb contention? It wasn't dumb at all. You just <laughs> said you agreed with it. I'm just kidding. But, I mean, your other I said stri- stri- strike one was them signing McCoy and strike two for him was McCoy not looking like, like he was no, so, done. So fine. McCoy looks fine, but Williams is healthy and he's a starting back. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. No, I mean, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'll give you, all right, Damian Williams minus 70 fantasy points and you can take McCoy for the, for the season. You're going to give me 70 fantasy points sure, I'll give you 70. from week two on. Oh yeah, sure. 70. Dude, for... 70. Yes. That's not, that's not small. I know. It's amazing. Okay. I can't believe I'm making this offer. All right. So I have LaShawn McCoy. Right. Week two on. Sure. Um, for, and I have plus 70. You have Damien Williams. Sure. Minus 70. Minus 70. Dave, how that's about. That's five points a week. Yeah. How about we go ahead and do, uh, let's do five on that one. Not 500? We'll uh, not, 500. not 500. Let's go five. All right. We got five. All right. We're getting some bets involved here. You know, all gonna look stupid at the end of the season. When we were at when we were in Louisville and, and talking with the Kentucky guys, a lot of them said, "Yeah, you're not really. You guys aren't making very many wagers this year." Oh, don't so worry about it, Kentucky boys. We're hopefully, get we're out. we're picking up on yeah, it. Yeah, no exactly. question. All right, this this show is going way long. Um, what can we do here? We could end it. We could no, I want no, we can keep talking. Sorry. Um, yeah, let's go to this email here. Uh, this is from Chad in Los Angeles. Are you cheeseheads advising Jimmy Graham hosting the Vikings over playing Eric Ebron at home against the suddenly mighty Titans? Thanks, fellas. That is Chad in Los Angeles. So which one are you, which tight end are you playing? This will be the final email tonight, I think. 
You know, um, I might yeah. Ebron had a rough game or whatever, didn't do that well, but I might go Ebron. I would go. Yeah, you there know, you go. Five okay. No, I'm not going to do five because this is so so close. I'm lean. I'm, I'm not. No, the whole idea of doing the wagers is fine. Whatever is ahead. when when I feel strongly about something or when you feel strongly about something. I could easily see Ebron outplaying Graham this week, but if those are my two tight ends and I have to make the choice right now. I'm playing Graham at the Vikings over Ebron against the Titans. And I'm playing Ebron. And you're playing Ebron. That's fine, but I could easily see Ebron outscoring him. I'm not, why would I bet that? I, I don't think you understand. Like, you don't – and I – okay, so this is, this is me telling you. I'm not trying to bully you in any bet. I'm not bullying bets. anybody. I'm no, no, no. It, I, don't, I, I don't want you to make it seem like I'm bullying you in any bets. Like, I'm just saying, like, the, the ones made tonight, I feel strongly about Sanu over Kuti. I feel strongly about Michelle oh, over right. White. I feel strongly about McCoy on. over Williams. You're wasting words now. I think I'm talking to Alex. I'm just saying. Oh, no comment. <laughs> Alex, I'm just kidding. He doesn't listen. Yeah, he doesn't. Why, I, would, no, he, why I, would he waste his time on the show? I, that's exactly the point. Right. Well, why would anybody waste their time on the show? <laughs> want to know why, Dave? Because it's over. I want to thank all, uh, all yeah, of pretty, you for... Pretty damn good show. Thank you. Yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight, including Rob Levin, the fourth-place team in the FFPC main event. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC. Rob, our audio engineer. Excuse me, Rob, our mutual friend and producer. Our Bryce, our best friend and audio engineer. Of course, each and every one of you for listening tonight. Certainly appreciate it. We will be back next week, 10-9 Central, with week one football guys, third place team, Chris Vincent. He is going to join us next week at 10, 9 Central. It's going to be him. a fun interview. You know him? I know Chris. Have you talked to him before? Oh, all right, perfect. Well, you're going to know his voice and his name next week when we talk to him. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Good luck in week two. Make sure you get all those lineups submitted. Hopefully waivers bounced your way this week. I know it was a crazy time on waivers. And, of course, your weekend officially starts This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. I just realized um, now that we're into the B portion of season eight here. The what? The B portion, the second half. Yeah. Okay. Um, second half of the second side of the forty-five. Yeah, I get. Well, it's more than forty-five episodes, but I. Uh, forty-five records. Oh yes, that is true. That's a little bit before my time. Um, <laughs> I gotta. We gotta get some new theme music going, man. Well, yeah, no kidding. Um, we have think, to pull out the record player. Um, well, well, we won't pull out the Has, record player. But hashtag uh, uh, Biden. Biden. Yeah, I'll tell you after the show. Did he have to make make a reference to the record player on the Democratic he kids, debate? He said kids last night should uh, get should uh, get their record players out and listen to that. Oh that my night. gosh, <laughs> dude! All right, well, whatever. I mean, maybe that that you know what? Honestly, that probably plays to a lot of his his voting uh, people. So maybe, maybe it was a smart 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 call on his part. Um, well, um I'm thinking DJ well, Rectangle. Well, I also have a. Um, I got two drawings on a speaker. <laughs> but that, that's the pop. That's not the speaker. That's the pop filter. What the hell ever. Um, Chancellor Warhol. Chancellor Warhol. I think Chancellor Warhol. I think is going to be our um, intro next week. All right. You're gonna like it. Okay.
All right, I gotta end this. I, 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 I gotta, gotta end this show before Dave wrecks this pop filter. I gotta, I gotta rock. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, great seeing uh, most of you, uh, so many of you out in Vegas. And good luck, Chicharones. Good luck to everybody this season. Enough with the Chicharones. <laughs>